This is a Business Disability Forum podcast sponsored by Open Inclusion, creating a more open world for everyone from user insight to inclusive innovation. Well, I'm here today with Neil Eustace, Diversity and Knowledge Manager at KPMG. Um, lovely to have you here, Neil. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Well, you know what we're, we're talking about today? We're talking a bit about identity and um, a bit about you. So it would be great if you could tell us a little bit about what your, your day job is and um, Diversity and Knowledge Manager, it's a two-hat role. The diversity side is about looking after our disabled colleagues from an IT perspective, checking what IT changes can be made to their work environment, what assistive technologies we can provide that work best with our standard desktop, and how we can ensure that what IT we do supply is accessible as, as possible. That includes keeping a score on the accessibility maturity model, of course, how we're doing as a firm. I also sit on the committee of our workability network. That's our network for disability within the firm. And I'm the author of the monthly newsletter that we send out to the whole firm on that subject uh, with colleagues' stories, external news on the topic of disability, hints and tips, good products we've seen on the market, that sort of thing. The second hat to my job is the knowledge side of the job. And that's about ensuring that information shared in the right way with the right people at the right time. And although this part of the job was to concentrate on the IT department knowledge and how we communicated with our user base, I found that a lot of what I learned from the diversity side of my job rolled over to that side. For example, when communicating to our internal teams or our customer base about what we're doing, I found myself thinking about whether the form of communication I was using was accessible to everyone and how that might be improved. They're my two hats. Okay, no, that's, that's you. See, I, I've known you for five years, Neil, and uh, I, I learn something new every time I speak to people. <laughs> there's always extra elements and components, aren't they, to the, to the day job. So what is it that you like most about what you do? I'm a very social person. Some might say nosy. <laughs> I, I love to help people. So I'd, I'd like to get involved in solving problems, in seeing people uh, improve their situation. And whether that's just by reading a user guide or getting a new piece of equipment that levels the playing field, I don't care as long as they walk away happy. And I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Although, you know, both we know each other through the technology task force, but tech is just the enabler or sometimes, dare I say it, the disabler. And actually, it's about the, the end user and making life a little bit easier for them. Or as you say, just, just evening up that playing field a little bit, isn't it? It's the people that make it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. The reason I'm in the job that I'm in at the moment is for that very reason, because I started 23 years ago, I think, in KPMG. I was an IT trainer and, and my job uh, went along. And one day I found myself sitting behind the IT purchasing team and they were having discussions with somebody on the phone who it was obvious was struggling with their day-to-day -day work. And they were asking for help because they couldn't read something clearly. They needed some extra equipment or software to help them. And then the next day, another person with a similar problem uh, who couldn't do their job quite uh, the way they wanted to and wanted some more equipment. And, and this was years ago before disability conversations were quite so free-flowing in business and people weren't so open about talking about disability. But uh, being the nosy, helpful sort of person that I am, I just butted my nose in with the team behind me and said, 
what's the issue? Why can't you help these people? So I started to just look at what the issue was and assistive technologies and what was out there to help these guys. And before I knew it, I was helping these guys on a very regular basis. Every time something new came through, they'd turn around to me and say, what do you think we could do here? And it, it wasn't part of my job, but it was something that I started to really enjoy doing. <laughs> and, and it started to take over a lot more of my working day. Um, and I was building it into the, the job of work that I was doing. One of the reasons I love working where I work is because over the years, I've actually been allowed to completely change my job, my, my career path, just because of my passion. And, and my passion has turned out to be helping disabled people in the firm uh, and outside and, and trying to, to improve things in, in that way. And because the business that I work in has seen the benefits it has to them and to their people, allowed me to just go off and do this thing they could have so easily turned around years ago and said hold on that's not in your job description why are you doing all of this but they let me be and I started to build up more and more of what I was doing on the diversity side of things I joined our uh, our fledgling disability network um, at the time I didn't consider myself disabled I never would have described myself as disabled uh, and in fact I didn't have the disability that I have now Mm -hmm. um, but I joined it because I wanted to help these guys uh, do a better job of work. And I spent years actually sitting on this committee um, from an IT perspective saying, well, what can we do? How can we help? And the Workability Network grew and I started writing letters for them and newsletters. And the whole job just changed and it, it was great <laughs> and I, I started to get even happier in, in my work um, <laughs> which is which is weird I, I think people have to have a passion in, and if your passion happens to coincide with the job of work that you do lucky me I know some people work to live some people live to work uh, we all do what we have to do so I consider myself a very lucky boy and it's interesting you're talking about it sounds like you almost sort of self-created this role by accident, really, because of where yeah. you sat and listening into conversation because you're nosy, it's your words, not mine. Um, <laughs> but, but thinking about it, and what do you think made KPMG allow you to do this? Because there was obviously some, they were seeing some benefit from it, weren't they? Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, they were getting less complaints from people. Uh, phoning up and saying I can't do this uh, because we were sorting them out so um, they were seeing that uh, for one thing and then the real change the real sea change happened when I decided enough was enough Thing, things weren't moving quite fast enough and I went in to see our CIO at the time and again this is going back quite a few years now and um, I walked in and said look we're getting quite a few issues with our disabled staff we need to do more from an IT perspective to help these guys out. And as it just so happened that very week, our CIO had received a letter about a new network that was starting up called the Technology Task Force. <laughs> so he handed me the letter and said, go and have a look what this is about. <laughs> well, I've represented KPMG on the Technology Task Force ever since. So it was well worth it. And what I brought back from that task force and all the subsequent meetings um, and from the, the business disability forum 
and from talking to all the other guys there, what I brought back and started to, uh, to put in place in our place of work, everybody saw the benefit. So nobody ever thought to turn around and say, hold on, this isn't in your job description. But then about two years ago, somebody turned around and said, um, we're having a change around in the teams. Who do you want to report to this year? By the way, we've changed your job description. And suddenly the word diversity ended up in my job description without me asking. It was just that they'd noticed that, look, you're doing all of this stuff anyway. <laughs> Let's make it official. That worked out. So it's all thanks to us really then, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily take credit for that one. Now, an another thing that you, you touched on, you know, in terms of the, the workability network and you were involved in that before you had a disability. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about what your disability stroke disability yeah. might be? Um, and again, we, we were talking the other day, we've known each other a little while, but we, we don't, funny enough, we don't just compare disabilities, but um, it would be nice to know <laughs> a bit more about that. You know? Well, nowadays I feel less guilty which is which is a strange word to use but I, I used to deal with all these people who had either obvious visible disabilities or they had happily come out and declared an invisible disability and I was helping these people and sometimes I felt a little bit of a fraud in that I was helping all these people but I wasn't disabled myself and yet the more I learned and the more I picked up from the various talking to people from the task force, from the BDF, I started to recognise traits in myself and I thought, oh, <laughs> I wonder if that explains why I've been like I am for so many years. I mean, 25, 30 years ago, I was just clumsy, forgetful, very easily distracted, rubbish at maths, though strangely I love Excel as I love rules. Um, and if you know the rules of maths, um, Excel does the rest for you. So I'm the go-to person in our department for Excel, even though I still don't know all my times tables. It's very odd. <laughs> but it um, makes you wonder how I ever got offered the job, doesn't it, when I started as an IT trainer. But as I say, if, if, um, I'm, if I'm passionate about something, I, I go out to, to learn everything that I can about it. But um, then 25, 30 years ago, I was a bounding puppy who would soak up stuff I was interested in and become quite obsessed by them, which made me quite good at IT when I discovered it. I was not very aware for a long time of the social skills needed to not upset folks. For example, if I wanted to talk to you and you were already talking to somebody else, I used to just stand there and stare at you till you stop talking to the other people and ask me what I wanted. And then I wouldn't blush or anything. I'd just go straight out and start having the conversation. Never mind the fact I'd just interrupted what could have been a really important conversation. But over the years, with what I've learned about everybody else, I started to pick up those social cues and, and learn, okay, you need to look at this. You need to control these, mm -hmm. these particular mannerisms. I still want to jump in there. I've taught myself to, to hold back. But the passion I put into things carried me along and I had a, a natural way in the classroom and spent years teaching other people the joy of IT. So I, I started to notice that I could maybe swap stories, if you like, with quite a few people in, in, in different disabilities, people with dyslexia, people on the spectrum, with dyspraxia, because the number of times I've bumped into doorways when the door was wide open, uh, 
but I'll walk into the frame instead of the door. <laughs> uh, all, all sorts. But I, I thought, well, okay, you know, that's fine. I've learnt coping mechanisms for the, the foibles that I had by helping other people and telling them what their coping mechanisms were. It mm. never occurred to me to say, well, this is a coping mechanism for a disability. It was just, here's a coping mechanism for a situation. Today, I can only say I'm disabled because age and, <laughs> and adolescence, riding motorbikes and shooting guns in cadets has, has left me with a certain hearing uh, impairment and I now wear two hearing aids. So that in turn has led to a new excitement because I'm now going off finding out, well, what can I do with these Bluetooth digital hearing aids? What can I connect to? And, and how much better is it if I do this or that or the other? And, and then I'm going off and finding all our deaf stuff that wear digital hearing aids. Hey, look what I found. <laughs> so so I, I feel less of a fraud now because it's obvious I have a disability that I can name and I can say, hey, I'm one of you guys. Mm. And it's interesting because I, I think it took me quite a while to notice you even wearing hearing aids. It's amazing how the technology has really moved on in that particular area. Yeah, yeah, but I think the one bit I did notice in terms of what was visible was sometimes you wear a kind of a, a, a amplifier almost around your neck. Yeah, there's, there's some. <laughs> um, and that that was the bit I thought, oh, what, what's that? Um, but other than that, it's amazing how you know 30 years ago it would have been quite a visible disability in so many ways but now it, it really isn't is it but no. I, I, do you find there's something useful about people being aware of it though do you think people's awareness is useful or how do you feel about that yeah, it is definitely um, i mean i've done i've done two things since, since my um, hearing issues started to really come to the fore i've done two things firstly i've i got this uh, bluetooth dongle to wear around my neck because that allowed me to Bluetooth, to my mobile phone, to my computer, because I found that the problem with hearing aids is every time I put these headphones on that I'm wearing right now to talk to you, it presses the buttons on my hearing aids and both of them play a merry little tune. <laughs> and it's just frustrating. Um, so quite often now, what I'll do is I'll connect my dongle instead to my computer. I'll put the uh, hearing aids over the side of my neck and just use the microphone of the of the headphones um, but have the sound go straight through to my hearing aids so that's great for me but it caused a little confusion with people because they see me sitting there and come up and start talking to me not realizing because I didn't have headphones on that yeah. I was ready mid-conversation with somebody else yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I created this little holder and this little um, stand-up notice that sits on my desk that says if you want my opinion if you want my attention make sure I can see your face first before talking mm. and the sort of international deaf symbol on there so people knew instantly that there was an issue and if they came around and stared at my face I would then point to my ears and make a phone sound yeah 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 so they knew I was actually on the phone and for quite a while people who weren't used to me looked very confused thinking well <laughs> how <laughs> and then afterwards we'd have a conversation when we did get to our turn to talk um, about how I was doing what I was doing Neil, the other thing I, uh, we've talked about before in meetings it's actually quite useful to have a, a visual prompt for people in the room to know I know for me, because it's not something I say we've particularly spoken about your hearing impairment, but being aware as someone who's kind of managing a meeting 
that there's someone in a room with a hearing impairment makes it easier for me to kind of enforce, if you want to use that word, <laughs> um, um, those sort of meeting etiquette of one person talking at a time, which, to be fair, is better for everyone in the room. You know, you get those sort of mini conversations going on sometimes, and, and knowing that someone actually really needs that can be incredibly useful and, and a reason for it. A visual prompt, um, especially when it comes to uh, people with hearing impairments, is a really good idea. And obviously, when I got my hearing impairment, um, I find that if lots of people start talking at once, then uh, it's, it can be quite problematic. And the reason I wear the dongle around my neck is because it helps to direct the sound. Because I could, if I was in a, a crowded environment, in a meeting or a pub or anywhere, and there was lots of noise going on, I couldn't hear the person in front of me because it was all just one big noise. Mm. So now I have the dongle, it can direct the sound. So even if there's lots of noise, the person in front of me, I can hear them. But if I'm in a meeting and everyone starts talking at once, I can't keep swinging myself around to point my dongle at them. So you have, you have to tell people, you have to be yeah. blunt and say, oh, hold on guys, you know, there's a deaf guy in the room here. <laughs> one at a time, please, it's easier for me. Yeah. You just have to be open about it. And one of the big changes over the last few years is how open you really can be nowadays mm. uh, with any disability. It's so much easier to talk about them now than it ever used to be. Um, there's, there's no, uh, uh, well, I guess it depends where you work and, and who you work for, but it's certainly getting easier in most uh, businesses to talk openly about a disability without worrying about people doing you down or thinking, oh, should you be here? You know? mm. Uh, does it affect your job? Uh, nowadays, they're more likely to say, well, what can we do for you? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. It's interesting, that shift, isn't it? And I know you talked about you kind of felt a bit of a fraud at the Workability Network and so on, and it's actually quite nice. Now you've got some some kind of labels. And I hate to use disability. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, I've got this now. Um, but do you think it's impacted you at work at all in any way? No, the... The things that I had before often actually helped me get to where I am in, a, in an odd mm. way. Um, my excitability, the fact that I would just rush out and do things, I wanted to grab everything and, and, and do it, um, that, that got the momentum flowing. So even though I have learned some a lot more social norms now and managed to calm myself down a bit. <laughs> um, but it actually helped me along. The deafness that came many years later, at first I thought that was going to be a problem. The majority of the time, it's actually improved things for me because now, as I say, my calls come directly through to my hearing aids and they are so clear. These mm. digital hearing aids are fantastic. The only problem I have is when you're in a large room with people, um, 15, 16 rows of people, and somebody at the front's talking quite quietly. But then everybody's going to have the same problem, whether they've got a hearing impairment or not. So yeah. I'm the first one to say, excuse me, can you use a microphone or talk up, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? If someone speaks up and says, actually, I, I can't hear, the chances are you're not the only one. And it's, you know, it's just a, a life lesson as much as anything, yeah. isn't it? I mean, that, one of the reasons I've taken part in these This Is Me videos that we do now is because by seeing other people talk about 
their disabilities and openly showing off their disability, but saying, hey, but I'm an expert in this, or I'm, I'm doing that for the business. Other people go, oh, right, okay, fine. <laughs> so then they, they feel much more comfortable talking to those people about their disability, talking about their own disabilities, because they've seen other people doing it. And the higher up the tree we can go, and get leaders to talk about their disabilities mm -hmm. and at the moment because the leaders tend to be the older generation who were brought up don't talk about it <laughs> now it's now it's a lot easier so yeah we're getting more and more older people talking about it too which is good so i was also wondering about is there one kind of bit of advice that um i was going to say from your years of knowledge but you are a knowledge manager also so i'm swooping over that one quite quickly that you would give to someone else in terms of what things have made a big impact on you so whether it's a piece of advice or a tool or a, what are those things that you can think of that have really helped you that you will kind of want to share so the best advice I would give to people really is to talk um, mm. we've got things like time to talk day that goes on where you encourage people to talk about mental health conditions uh, we have uh, open sessions for all sorts of other things where we get people with different disabilities in a room to talk about their situation how it's helped them and how it's hindered them mm -hmm. because you need to see both sides of the fence we encourage people to say well have you got somebody with dyslexia in, in your team when you're scoping out this project because they're more likely to come off the wall with that odd suggestion that you haven't thought about so mix and match your people so we talk about the benefits of disability just as much as we talk about the problems with a disability on mm. how we can overcome those problems so uh, i would say to people just talk um, whether it's a one-to-one -one because you're not sure and you, you really are just setting foot into the big wide world of talking about your disability talk to the right people to your people leaders whatever you've got in your business to to your managers talk to a, a health professional but just talk don't bottle it up because that's the worst thing you can do mm. as you start talking things start getting better mm. no and it's so true and i, I was at an event uh, a couple of months ago and i asked people you know what's the one thing you do differently and they all said i'd have spoken to someone sooner about it and i think it's absolutely the case isn't it you know it's, it's a little bit i was going to say problem shared problem halved kind of thing it's not actually it's not always actually a problem a problem is actually too negative a word it's just trying to problem solve it isn't it it's kind of just trying to work your way around and do things in a different way and then once you've got used to talking about it learn to read the signs on other people so that you can ask them how are you doing and get yeah. them to start talking yeah absolutely yeah and one of my favourite questions in this is the three to five words that describe yourself. Neil, I'm interested. Tell me all about it. So I've got caring, yeah. positive, yeah. passionate, empathetic and encouraging. I've always been a, a caring person. I tend to care more about other people and what's going on than I did about myself. And I'm a positive person, but I, I wasn't always i went through a period when i was much younger where uh, i was going through a bit of a bad time and it got so bad one day i walked into the samaritans had a word and after that i have been nothing but positive to be the world of good and i try and do the same for other people now 
So I think that no matter how bad things are, you've got to always look for the positive side of things because you get over it in the end. I'm passionate about things. And again, that's just part of me. I have things that I just grab hold of and really want to do everything I can about it. Mm. And, uh, luck would have it, as I said earlier, the, the two passions have collided, my IT and my <laughs> diversity side of things. Yeah. Uh, empathetic, well, I've always felt for other people and I've always been able to to discuss with people who have issues and, and problems and, and give them a listening ear, but it's become easier over the years. And especially as I started to recognize in myself and started to, to pin things with myself down, thinking, oh yeah, <laughs> we can share. <laughs> so it's, um, it's quite easy to, uh, to be empathetic once you've got a, a shared experience. Mm. But, uh, and also encouraging because we need new people helping out all the time need people to to spread the word in what we're doing and i find that i've got the gift of the gab i can talk people into all sorts of things <laughs> and so i i can encourage all manner of people to jump on our bandwagon and say join in here do this have a word with that person write your story out here and I like to encourage people to do these things because it not only does us good and all good the, the mm. where we want to get to, but it does them good too. Yeah. And interestingly, of course, you, you didn't use the word disabled. And as with many of these podcasts, people don't tend to. You know, it's not the first thing that pops into your mind. But I'm wondering, slightly trying to put words in your mouth, but please feel free to disagree with me, as I know you will. Do you, do you think the impact of having your disabilities or your sort of life travels of have influenced these kind of words that describe you do you think yeah over the years i've i've learned to tie things down name them and put them in a box and and say okay this is this this is that and it, it certainly nowadays is a lot easier for me to uh, to say well this is who i am mm. uh, this, this is how i am who i am this is this is what i am when i was young it was a very different world being an old person <laughs> and uh, it, people didn't think about that kind of stuff you didn't talk in the way that we're talking now so mm. it's certainly a, a lot easier now to say yeah I recognize everything that I am and I will share with others uh, what I am but I know that another question you often ask is what would you tell your younger self do you know what it's like you're reading my mind here like, <laughs> I was coming to that next <laughs> In, in the words of that classic song, don't worry, be happy, because it Love works that. out in the end. Yeah. So just stay happy, because it'll work out in the end. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, that's fantastic. Neil, it's been a pleasure and a delight to speak to you as always. <laughs> Thank you for being so open and honest with us. We, we really appreciate it. And uh, I, hope, I hope you didn't find that too painful. Worries. <laughs> 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 Lovely. No worries, be happy now absolutely i'm not going to sing you're all right <laughs> thank you ever so much neil all right cheers thank you this podcast series is sponsored by open inclusion helping business be beautiful inclusive and effective find out more at openinclusion.com we'd love to hear what you think so remember you can like and comment on each podcast and subscribe to business disability forum on podcast platforms such as soundcloud